Hello and welcome to 1111 with Kirsty Olive. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting to an amazing friend and medicine woman, Neve O'Brien. Neve is a biofield tuning practitioner and also she holds retreats and cacao ceremonies and I know that she has so much amazing wisdom and knowledge to share with the world and some amazing you know gifts to share and to help to heal. I really really enjoyed recording this episode. I'm sure we'll do another one again in the future and I know that you're going to enjoy it and really, really, you know, gain a lot from it. There was a lot that we talked about and there was a lot of deep wisdom contained within. So I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Lots of love. Enjoy. So welcome, Neve, and thank you so much for joining. For everybody who's listening, this is Neve O'Brien, and um, I'm really excited. Oh, a light just went off beside me there. Um, I'm really excited to share some wisdom with Neve with everybody who's listening. Um, I've done a biofield tuning class with Neve, and it was the first time actually I had even heard of biofield tuning, and I was so blown away by it. And um, so I'm really excited for everybody to hear a little bit more about yourself, Neve, about biofield tuning and just everything else that you do on your journey. So do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Hi, Kirsty. Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show. I absolutely love the work that you're doing. Um, so yeah, keep being you. You're doing amazing things. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. My name is Neve, and I'm a medicine woman of cacao and a biofield tuner. I'm originally from Ireland, but in this moment, I am in Portugal. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of my work online and uh, this is where Kirsty would have uh, experienced biofuel tuning with me at a distance and um, I can speak a bit about that later. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where I am at the moment. Um, myself and Kirsty have done a number of workshops together now and they have been sensational. If you would like to receive the recording, I think we still have those, Kirsty, do we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they are uh, a mixture of uh, Kirsty's light, her gifts and talents, and then also uh, what I bring forth is biofield uh, tuning. So yeah, that's me at the moment. Thank you so much, Neve. How is it over in Portugal at the moment? It's good. It's good. So uh, today is the 21st of March, just because people might be watching this on the replay. Um, but it is uh, quite rainy at the moment and all of the farmers and everyone are, are so grateful to see the rain because it has been very dry. Um, but I do see the sun coming out now, which is, which is nice as well. Um, but I'm very grateful for this rainy season. And Kirsty, I know that you were um, having talks maybe about uh, doing a little adventure. Is, is that still in motion? It is, yeah. Um, we just got a few last kind of pieces that we have to sort out over here. Um, Stewie's driving test is one of them um, for moving over to Spain um, and just a few kind of last bits. But we should, we're hoping to be over 
in Spain by mid-May. Beautiful. So, yeah. And what, what drew you to Spain? But my dad actually lives there. Okay. Yeah, Beautiful. so I've yeah, I've lived in Spain before when I was um when I was I think around 19, 20, I lived there. Um and then after living in Spain, it was I only planned actually on coming to Dublin for a few months. And I ended up staying for like eight years, I think it's been now. Um, so yeah, but now I think it's getting to the stage where the, the Irish weather is starting to take its toll on me. And I'm like, I need sunshine again. Yeah, after eight years, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah, for me, yeah, the, the weather, just having the warm sun on my bones, I know really lifts me up. And I'm really in this way of being that I um, really choose those things that, that, that lift me up and I'm very present and if things aren't working out, if I'm cold and I'm, you know, doing my best to keep warm and running from the car indoors and I'm finding it hard to spend time outdoors, I make changes, I make shifts, even if they are risky, um, it's, it's, it's worth it because for me, first and foremost, is that I feel well in my body and I feel well in myself. So yeah. absolutely. And that's, you know, like that's what's drawing me back over to Spain. You know, like I feel like in Ireland, I'm always walking around like huddled up, like bunched up, you know, like from the cold and the wind and the rain, <laughs> um, just kind of like rushing from one place to an, to the next. And like, that's not me. You know, like I love to be outdoors. I love to be enjoying like sun sitting outside and spending time in nature but I feel like there's only a limited amount of time in the year where you can actually do that comfortably in Ireland and the rest of it you're like just bracing yourself <laughs> against the elements um, and like that just it doesn't feel good for me you know I know a lot of people enjoy that a lot of people like that and it works for them like Stewie he doesn't really notice the cold in the same way that I do he grew up in Clontarf, which is on the coast and really windy. So, like, I think he's just kind of like used to and doesn't notice that extreme weather as much as I do. Whereas to me, I'll be like keeping my head out the door and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. So, um, yeah, I think that, like the weather is one of the big reasons that is is calling me back to Spain and it's just so relaxed over there as well like it's so laid back and so relaxed um and like I just love the Spanish lifestyle and the Spanish people you know it, like it's a very very different culture over there like just just on a daily basis like the way people like the way the day is structured is even different mm. you know but like one thing that I always kind of notice is that it, it it feels a lot more like like people are doing things more. Whereas I feel a lot in Ireland that it's either going out to eat at restaurants or like watching TV and stuff, you know, with yes, like the odd hike or sea swim and stuff. But I just feel like it's it's not like the kind of stuff that I want to be doing all the time. I don't want to have to wait until like, okay, let's go for a weekend away where we can do some hikes or something. I want to just be able to be outside all the time. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. And, you know, the cultures are completely different. Uh, 
I I feel, uh, you know, I can observe from my own experience in Ireland, we are really living in this fast pace, go, 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 very masculine society, which I know that you work a lot with the divine feminine. And I feel like, um, you know, in uh, places like Spain, Portugal, Italy, things are definitely a lot slower. Um, I feel people are definitely more outdoors here and the weather does give that, does give that function, let's say. So when you can eat your uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner outside, that is going to be medicine for your soul. And it gives you vibration. It gives you energy when you can get your bare feet on the ground. And, you know, I tell a lot of my clients this, guys, just get get outside and get your bare feet connected to the ground. And I do, you know, I send them so much compassion and empathy because I understand that it is Baltic cold out there. And when you get back in, your feet are covered in mud and your toes are hanging off because they're like icicles. But it is so important to connect to the earth. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of uh, farmers here out working on the land, um, you know, physically themselves, as opposed to all the machinery and everything. You see so many uh, people working in their gardens. There's so much abundance, abundance of beautiful fruits and vegetables. And that is all organic. You know, you can just walk down the road and pick oranges uh, from the tree. That's it's the orange season at the moment. And then it's going to be the lemons and then it's going to be the avocados, which I'm super excited for. And but yeah, and, you know, they're eating the the vegetables that that, that are in season. So, yeah, there's, you know, there's definitely uh, there's definitely something to it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm actually going back to Ireland myself for the summer and um, I've worked a lot with the indigenous uh, tribes of South America uh, a lot of shamans from the honey queen tribe working a lot with the uh, plant medicines from South America but actually now I'm being really called back to work with the plant medicines in Ireland you know our own fungi are growing on the earth on our own land in Ireland and um there's so much wisdom, power, and um, you know, expansion in in these plants, and uh, it's all written in the stones at home. And yet, here I am running away from that. So, I'm actually at the moment doing a course online and um, with Inward Bound. If you're familiar with Inward Bound, I've done before. Yeah, 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 and it's all about um, you know, shamanism in Ireland and uh, the safe use of psychedelics in in a safe space, and to become a facilitator with that. And I'm learning so much uh, about my own culture, um, you know, all of these goddesses and gods and everything that, you know, it's, it's, it's written in, in the stones at home. So I'm looking forward to going back and reconnecting uh, with that part. But as I've uh, shared, I'm going back for the summer months. That's amazing. And um, one thing actually like that I really, really noticed when moving to Ireland was that there's a very strong kind of, culture and history like around like yes say plant medicines but also you know like different goddesses and deities and stuff whereas um or maybe it, it, it I just I'm not aware of this because when I lived back in the UK in Newcastle I wasn't on this same path whereas now I'm very tuned into it um but it's just something that seems to be like a part of everyday culture over here like people 
are aware of these different things. Whereas in the UK, like I don't remember anybody ever talking about, you know, different like deities and plant medicines and and stuff like that. Whereas like even people who aren't particularly like spiritual seem to be aware of this stuff within Ireland, which is really yeah. amazing. Yeah, for sure. There is a very uh, a rich, a rich culture um, of, of the Celtics in, in Ireland. And, um, you know, people to this day are very familiar with, say, for example, of course, St. Patrick and, and St. Bridget. But actually, before they became saints, before they became, you know, in the, in the Christian church, they were goddesses and gods of the Druids and the pagans. And um, so people may not be so familiar with, well, I know from my own experience, um, I'm relearning all of all about the pagans and the druids. I know a bit about Christianity, and that's because I was taught that at school. But these legends live on through Christianity because of their power and their strength. But yeah, there's so many stone circles in Ireland. You know, Newgrange. Newgrange is actually older than the pyramids in Egypt. And people, I have been to the pyramids in Egypt. I have never been to Newgrange. Wow. I know. Oh I know. Goodness. It's amazing. It's so absolutely amazing, yeah. To Egypt, yeah, and this is like on my own, on my own land at home. Um, so that's definitely on the list for this summer. Yeah, you should. Um, me, me and yeah. Steve went. Um, I think it was a year or two ago. We went to Newgrange, and then I think the one near Newgrange is called Noth as well, and it was just incredible. And like I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I had was just kind of, you know, typing in like tourist things to do around Thailand and stuff um, and found Newgrange and I was like oh why did I not know that this is only an hour and a half away mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really know a whole lot about it but then when we went on the tour and found out like the history of it and that it's older than the pyramids and the one thing they said which is amazing is that it was built like using just rocks. So like there's no cement or anything like that. And yet there has never, ever, ever been like a leak or a drop of water that has managed to get through. Like that's how tight the, the stonework and that's how like strong the stonework was like more than 5,000 years ago. And I was like, it's incredible. And then they do like a little simulation of you know the light that that comes through on the winter solstice um but obviously you can't be there every day for the winter solstice so when you go inside they they have like a little light that does a simulation as if the sun was rising and and coming through um and even to see like the simulation light version of it and realize like how exact like the measurements and stuff must have been to allow for that to happen like so long ago as well like it's really really amazing like and definitely such a strong like just energy like being inside of that place and and having all of that knowledge and wisdom it really really amazing experience you should definitely go yeah thank you so much because I'll actually do this 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 tour yeah but it amazes me you know um with all of the technology and everything that we have today technology being like I mean the technology of computers and systems and everything I don't even know if they could recreate it but how they did that you know 5,000 years ago they I believe I have an, my own belief that you know that their consciousness was 
so much more expanded and so much more connected to something greater than themselves. And then that, you know, then the veil started to come in and we started to unlearn. Mm. So, yeah, they were definitely a different species for sure. Because yeah. we couldn't do that today. So, oh, no. Yeah. And even the pyramids. I recently watched a documentary um, on the pyramids. Like, it's always been a bit of a fascination of mine. Any new documentary that pops up, I, I watch it. Um, but they... Like they were saying on the documentary recently, like that even now with today's like technology and tools, we still actually couldn't build the pyramids to that same level of precision and accuracy. So like yeah. it's it's crazy that they were able to do that. And like I've never been to the pyramids, but apparently each stone is like yeah. so big, you know, like how did they even move them in the first place? They were able to do that as a Exactly. I, I don't know, but I feel maybe they used energy. It was, you know, telepathy. Yeah. yeah. They, in, within like the tantric traditions, um, there's kind of a, like a belief that we, as like a human race, we go through different like cycles. So like right now we have been in that cycle of like, um, as you said, like losing our kind of awareness and that veil coming in, but that we're at a time now where we're actually going to move out of that and into like remembering and connecting back with that. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that we have come into duality and now we are expanding back into unity. But I don't know how long that's going to take. <laughs> a long yeah. time, but it's it's also very exciting that like we get to like participate in that connecting back into like to conscious and unity and like being a part of that because like one thing that I I am always amazed by is just how many people like say show up to like these healing practices and like retreats and and stuff like that and when you talk to somebody who like you've never met before or somebody who like you've only just met and yet like you share this kind of deep wisdom and and knowledge about you know like the 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 yeah. earth and soul and stuff like it's really magical because it's like I don't even know this person and yet I know this person more than I know some of the people in my life which yeah, I think is really sure. amazing yeah yeah it is it's like you know a soul-to-soul -soul connection is an energetic connection because we put forth our persona uh you know basically our ego is, is what we put forth but actually when you meet somebody in a space where you connect beyond the ego beyond the persona you connect at a soul at a deeper level and no doubt you've, you've met these people before and you know it's a, it's an understanding of you know i see you in me and yeah and there's you know just straight away that compassion that empathy and you for me anyways I feel that everybody has some sort of trauma within them whether they fell off their bike when they were five or you know whether it was something more significant but it's, you know in in some families and, and cultures we don't speak about our traumas so everybody puts on this brave face we pretend that we're not hurting we pretend that, pretend that everything's okay but when you meet somebody in a, in let's say a healing space, it's almost 
you know you kind of not not to judge but you can have this um this understanding that okay well this person is here for healing they're showing up to work on themselves perhaps they've had some sort of trauma or some shadow that they want to work on so straight away you're, you're having that connection with them as you know I hear you I understand you I've been there or I can resonate with you at some level because I've had trauma you've had trauma not that they're equal but we can come to that same level of I want to help you let's grow together yeah which like is such a beautiful like way to be able to connect with people like especially in today's society where like a lot of the connections that we have like outside of these kind of spiritual communities like a lot of the connections that we have um are like based around like as you said like having a mask on you know like you have to present yourself a certain way to certain people because that's what's deemed like appropriate you know like oh you don't talk about the traumas or you don't talk about the stuff that's bothering you you just smile and pretend it's fine because oh you don't want to make anybody uncomfortable you know um and so it's it's like really really healing in itself to know that there is actually so many people out there like around the world and within even our community who we can actually like share that space with and and recognize like we are actually all on this path of healing together yeah yeah for sure and you know like you say when when you share there's so much healing in that there's so much strength there's so much bravery and then you know perhaps for some people they're not ready yet to share their story so you know maybe that's where myself and yourself come in and we can share our story until somebody else is ready to to share their story and it gives them it gives them hope. Uh, it gives them you know faith in in the work that the work works. Um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a lonely journey. And if anybody is is listening to this, where they feel like they don't actually have anybody to share with, then please reach out to myself and Kirsty because we've been there. And like I said, our trauma might not be equal, but we understand you know that there is some level of pain and there is some level that that we can meet you there and and help you yeah I think a lot of people uh, find this journey lonely but it really doesn't have to be you know we're all walking each other home as Ram Dass says I think that's one thing um like definitely that started me off on this very very healing path I remember and um, back when I was suffering with like several panic attacks a day and my my mental health was in a really bad place and I was suffering with dissociation. And um, thankfully, I found yoga. Um, and I remember like at the time, I remember really forcing myself to go to a yoga class, you know, and I was like talking myself into it. And I was like, you have to just get out and and try and do things like don't stay locked away inside on your own and stuff. Um, and it was like, it took so much courage for me to, to be like, right, I need to go and I need to do this. And I remember being in the, the yoga class and just doing like a, a a regular pose like everybody's just doing their thing um and the yoga instructor just like she just put her hand on my back and I just like burst out into tears you know because like it was just that really simple thing of just like just support by just putting her hand on my back and I was just like there's actually people out there who who care you know whereas 
at this point in my life, I was in a very bad space and I, I maybe felt as if I was very lonely and I didn't have a community or anyone. And so that was kind of like the first little moment of, of like light or of recognition that like there is actually a community for me and I just need to get more involved in it, you know? And it was like, I'll never forget that. It like that moment mm -hmm. just of like bursting into DS in the middle of the class, mm -hmm. you know, like, but just from something as simple of somebody just resting their hand on my back, you know, like just a little bit of support, which was exactly what I needed in that time, you know, but in order to get that, I had to really put myself out there and, and go to that class, which was pretty scary for me at the time. Yeah, wow. And, you know, that's so amazing, Kirsty, that despite everything you were going through, you summed up that courage and that bravery and that no doubt wasn't easy. So if anybody here is listening and, you know, you really feel like that you need some support, that um, it's going to take strength and it's going to take you to make the choice to do it. Nobody was going to come and save you, Kirsty. You had to make that decision for yourself. So anybody, again, who's listening, that uh, please, please, please have the strength just to reach out, even if it is a phone call to somebody and ask them to come and help you to, to take you to the yoga class. But it, it demonstrates, demonstrates the power of touch, human touch. We are so disconnected from that. And people need to be held. We need to, you know, tell our friends, I'm here, I'm going to support you. I understand what you're going through. It may be challenging, but just to let you know, I, I have your back. I have your back. You're not alone. Yeah. yeah. I Like, I, I definitely feel like when I was growing up, like, that's definitely something that, like, I didn't feel like I had, you know, like, was, was just a genuine, like, connection with people where, like, you could just hold each other or listen to each other or support each other, you know, um, and... Like, again, I think it's kind of become normalized in a way that like to to like maybe not in, in every situation, but I think it's become pretty normal for people to like be disconnected and to not really like be vulnerable or to like hold each other or to listen to each other and really kind of support each other in that way. Like, I think sometimes it can be a little bit like maybe superficial you know like oh I'm here for you if you need me but then not actually genuinely like being there to to provide the support that is needed if that makes sense yeah yeah for sure you know it's uh I'm I'm here to to support you uh is what I heard when I was growing up and that was with financial abundance which I am so grateful for. But in that moment, that's not the support I needed. I needed somebody to listen to me. I needed somebody that I could trust and open up to, to share how I was really feeling. But unfortunately, that emotional support was not available for me. So I held it inside and I had so much emotional constipation that when I was 26, it all came out. And that's when my healing journey started. So yeah, especially for young kids when, you know, uh, my own story my mom transformed into the spirit world when I was 12 and there was so much shame and abandonment and confusion and anger that came with that that I just kept boiling up inside of me I did not know how to express I suppressed um, and you know it took over 10 years for me to to realize oh 
I actually don't need to feel like this yeah yeah wow it's definitely like it's something that like I've become more and like more and more aware of not just like say from my own experience but the more that like I work with different women or different people like the more that I realize that like something needs to change like from from the beginning like from the way that we're actually like raising and supporting our children you know um like most of the women not all like there is a few women say who I work with he'll say like oh they had the most supportive amazing loving fantastic childhood but I would say that the majority of the women who I end up working with for like room healing or anything like that like they say to me that it didn't feel like they had the right support or that they had somebody they could like really trust and really rely on when they were younger and then obviously if if that's how you feel when you're younger then that's going to carry on until you realize that it's 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 an issue you know yeah yeah for sure and yeah hopefully things are changing now you know as uh let's say the as the older generations are are starting to wake up then that we can provide that support to 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 the children and, and the younger people um you know it a very common theme that I see as well is, you know, emotionally unavailable fathers, emotionally unavailable mothers, or else where somebody is really attached, like dependent on their mother. And that's, you know, seen a lot in the Irish and the uh, Italian cultures where the mother just can't let her son go. And then that transfers into the relationship that the son has uh, with his wife or, you know, partner. And it's all just unconscious behavior. And until you go into the unconscious, you're going to relive it, the same story in your conscious uh, everyday life. And this is, you know, for me, this is what the healing is. It's going into the subconscious, bringing to light, how am I acting? What programs, what programs do I just keep playing? What record am I keep playing? Does it serve me? Yes, it's, a, it's you know, it's serving me. Perfect. Let's keep going. Is this serving me this fear of, you know, let's say abandonment or, or anger? Is that serving me? No. Okay, let's dive deeper into that. Let's let's see where it's coming from and break the cycle. Yeah. As I always just ask my clients, is it serving you? Yes or no? Do you want to break the cycle? Okay, we need to go a bit further. And what's really powerful about that as well, like, is it serving you? Is I find like recognizing that, like, at one point in my life, yes, it did serve me, you know? So, I don't need to be angry about that. I don't need to be frustrated at this like pattern or this belief. And in fact, like I'm here to thank it because at one point in my life, yes, it was serving me. It was protecting me. However, I'm no longer in that, you know, traumatic or dangerous or scary situation anymore. I'm now in a different situation. I'm now an adult where I can choose the situations that I'm in. And so now it's no longer serving me. So I can choose now to like rewrite that script almost. Beautiful. I love how you say that, you know, you don't get angry with it. You don't get frustrated with it because this is becoming a conscious creator of your own, you know, your own world. And when things served you in the past to keep you uh, safe, let's say, 
then as an adult now or the woman you are today is that frozen path still at play and you know potentially for some people it will be the frozen path still at play but this is where you need to become conscious of your unconscious behaviors and so it's either the frozen path still at play or an unconscious behavior that perhaps you didn't even you you know you were born with it it's from ancestors or um yeah it's uh, it's a a previous lifetime um so when you become aware of the habits and the programs that no longer serve you then this is where the work is this is where you put in the work if you don't put in the work then nothing changes if you don't put in the work nothing changes then you keep reliving the same frozen path as the woman you are today and that's not who you were when you were hurt as, as a child yeah one thing that I I notice a lot is so I get a lot of women who I work with who had like abuse so they've they've been in like abusive relationships or partnerships and one thing that often happens is that like when they kind of finally like break free from that they they go through this period which I I've been there like I've been in that period I've been in the abusive relationship cycle um but this period of like feeling real shame of how did I let them treat me that way or like what's wrong with me like why didn't I leave sooner or why did I let it get to that stage like really full of like self-blame and and shame and criticism when I think just like something as simple as realizing like that now that you're aware of it you can change it but when you weren't aware that this was a repeating pattern because of like childhood or previous experiences then how can you be expected to change it when you weren't actually aware of it yet you know so like again just coming back to like thanking your mind and your body's way of like protecting yourself initially with that pattern and okay I no longer need that pattern so now I'm choosing something else you know rather than continuing that spiral of like what is wrong with me why did I do that you know which for women especially I feel like we really internalize and and blame ourselves a lot of the time like we're really really hard on ourselves as women yeah like and, and I think just recognizing that like all of these different things are just ways that we have learned to cope and to survive and to manage and so when we're out of that or trying to get out of that survival situation then like it does take a lot of a lot of strength and a lot of courage and action as well to like to break free from that mold Mm -hmm. into something else yeah definitely and you know everyone is doing the best that they can with the knowledge and the skill set that they have because if they had other knowledge and skills then they would do things differently um but yeah and you know breaking these cycles it is challenging it is challenging but this is the work you know this this is the work so if anybody again who is listening that you know you're finding it challenging we're all in the same boat we're all doing our own shadow work and and yeah just keep going because when you emerge to the other side it's beautiful but then potentially something else will come up because you know this is the this is the cycle of being human this this incarnation um, but it's a journey, it's a process, and um, yes, it's a it, it is a it is a beautiful journey to be on. You know, learning to come back to 
to remembering who you really are behind all of these stories, behind these programs, behind these habits, behind what you've been taught by family, school, religion, society, when you can come back to that essence of who you really are. Um, yeah, that's, that's where the magic is. Yeah, like it obviously is very challenging, but it's even more rewarding than it is challenging, you know, like to be able to like experience like real genuine, you know, soul connections with with people and also a real genuine connection with yourself as well, which like is something that prior to to like kind of my spiritual awakening and spiritual journey, like I was very, very disconnected from myself, you know, like and I I didn't even know like who I was or like, you know, I had spent so much of my life like masking and you know um trying to be not not consciously but subconsciously just really trying to to be somebody else that um like it's obviously very very being very vulnerable when you begin to discover your authentic self but it's also like very very rewarding because like you for me personally what I felt like was that like even just five minutes of being able to experience my like messy authentic self is more rewarding than years of like being disconnected from myself or or feeling like I have to live up to some expectation or that I have to act a certain way to be to be liked you know or to be accepted yeah 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 and you know for me I thought I was my thought I thought that these thoughts coming in was was that that's who I am, um. So yeah, that was a that was a big realization. I'm like, oh, I don't actually have to listen to this voice in my head. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's so um, like it's kind of funny, isn't it? When you when you think back, like about that 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 particular realization, because I remember it was it was in counseling when like my counselor, I remember the first time she said it to me and she was like, but you know that just because you think that doesn't make it true. Mm. And I was like, it doesn't like <laughs> wow. I didn't know that, you know, like but she wow. just said it like so simply. And then when she said it, I was like, oh well like I guess like that makes sense, you know, but I had never actually thought that I had always just thought like oh if I think I'm a bad person that must mean I'm a bad person like if I think this then it it must mean it's true you know or if I have a certain thought then like that means a certain thing and when she kind of said that to me and I realized like that thoughts are just thoughts and they're not me and they're not attached to who I am or anything um like that was really powerful especially like for somebody who suffered with like chronic chronic anxiety you know so I was always in my thoughts all of the time you know like having that realization was like a massive massive shift for me yeah yeah and something so simple you know just sitting in a just sitting in a therapy room just one one liner like that can really just expand you yeah yeah and that's that's why I remember that moment so clearly like even still today because it really like it really hit me, you know, and it really, really like changed my perspective on like the world, you know, because then I began to like instead when I was having all of these like really, you know, like intrusive thoughts and really scary thoughts and 
um do you know, like thoughts of suicide and stuff as as well even though like I wouldn't really call myself suicidal at, at this time um but I was having suicidal thoughts but I didn't want to act on them but I was having those thoughts you know um and so when I realized that like they're just thoughts they don't mean anything like they don't indicate anything about me that doesn't mean anything about me and actually I can just continue my day as normal and every time that thought comes into my head I can just say like okay whatever just shut up for five minutes will you and kind of talk to that thought as if it's another person you know rather than thinking that oh this must mean there's something wrong with me um, and that was like a big, really, really big stage for me when I began to be able to kind of separate myself mm. from those thoughts in that way. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And, you know, it is easy, you know, we can say, you know, just just change your thoughts, you know, think positive. And sometimes that is challenging, but it's being aware that, you know, that tool is available for you if you can. Um, because all of these thoughts... Uh, you know, it's about becoming your own inner cheerleader as opposed to your own inner critic. Um, and, you know, that power lies within you. If you have the power to create such uh, deep thoughts that are unbeneficial, you also have the exact same power to create powerful thoughts that are beneficial to you. Yeah. Yeah. The power lies within. With, with stuff like that, it just takes like repetition again and again and again and again, you know, like doing that and noticing that with one thought like is is kind of a realization but if you can just repeat that as often as you possibly can it's like those thoughts aren't just going to magically like poof can go away one day that would be great but that's not how it works but like the more that you can rely on a really simple tool like that but repeat it as often as you possibly can and then over time you realize that like just one day you wake up and be like actually it's a little quieter in there today like my thoughts aren't as loud as they used to be and mm. then you can actually breathe for the first time in in a mm. long time you know that's that's definitely what it feels like yeah beautiful and the the human this this thing that we're living in you know it's a piece of technology and it runs on programs so whatever programs that you downloaded especially under the age of seven you're going to keep replaying those so as you just, you know, so beautifully shared that it takes repetition. So it's going to take repetition. If you want to learn something new, you don't just get on your bike and start riding it. You know, it took you to fall off and get back on and, and the same thing. And, you know, I can even share from my own experience. Um, Kirsty, when we uh, did our online session together, uh, one of the, the mantras, you know, the first time I didn't know any of the words. And then I said it again and I knew a few of the words. And by the end, I was my technology had learned uh you know the the mantra so yeah yeah there is power behind the repetition so malleable like and to have such a potential for like change and rewiring and rewriting those scripts you know and it it really really is just about doing it again and again and again like one thing that I always share with the women inside my containers because obviously as women they're all very hard on themselves And so if they start with a new like practice, maybe say the heart womb meditation, and then they realize that they've forgotten to do it for a few days. Like I always say to them in advance, you should expect that at some point 
you're going to fall off track. You're going to forget about the tool. And if a couple of weeks will go by and you'll think, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be doing my heart womb meditation. But then it's about how you react and how you respond when you notice that really, really makes a difference because you can choose to be like, oh, well, there's no point now. So much time has gone by. Oh, I'm so shit at this. Why can't I stick at it? Like you can choose to spiral downwards and torture yourself over it. Or you can just say, okay, well, I'm going to start again right now. And then start again from day one, you know, like I'm just keep on doing that as many times as it takes and expect because like we're all human we're all busy sometimes life gets in the way and we do forget certain tools or tips and stuff like that but if we can just like as soon as we realize or we remember it six months down the line and say like okay I'm going to start it again now the more often that we do that like eventually it will just become second nature to do it it'll become effortless to do it yeah yeah it doesn't matter how much time has passed in between whether it's two days two months two years you have that choice if this practice helps you then then continue with it yeah yeah I find it's really fun sometimes like when I'm like coaching somebody or within my program because sometimes like say if if some things came up for them and I'm Say, say to them okay why don't you try doing this and as I'm saying it out loud to them I'm like oh I could I could do this as well actually like I forgot about this one <laughs> you know and it's almost like kind of coaching my, myself at the same time sometimes like what I'm sharing with them is a little reminder to myself as well of like oh I actually haven't done this one in a while I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it as well yeah yeah lovely beautiful Yeah, there's so many tricks out there, so many tips and tools and modalities. So it's just about finding what resonates most uh, with you because everybody's so different and what resonates with you now, you know, might be something different in six months time because we are changing, you know, we are evolving, our consciousness is evolving and, you know, what you learn is, is changing every day. Every day is a school day. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Beautiful, Kirsty. So um, before we head off, would you like to share with, with everybody who's listening? Um, so I, for anybody who does want to get access to our recordings from the live sessions we did, they can just drop either of us a message and we can arrange that to get them the recording. But would you like to just share with everybody um, a little bit about like your work, your current offerings um, and just how they can kind of get involved or how they can connect with you? Yeah, beautiful. So uh, thank you. Um, as I've already shared, I'm a medicine woman of cow and a biofuel tuner. So biofuel tuning, I'll just share a bit about this. Um, so it came to me uh, when I was 26 and I'm almost 30 now, so yeah, three or four years ago. And uh, like yourself, Kirsty, I had a massive emotional release. Um, I was working as a physiotherapist in Abu Dhabi, and this woman offered me a session of biofield tuning. And after around five minutes, I was crying. I didn't know why I was crying. There was like tears just rolling out my face. And essentially, I had a big uh, trauma release. And this practitioner, Julie, 
was able to tell me that halfway through my life, I experienced a sadness, a grief, a loss, and it was related to my mother, which was very on point. And I thought, wow, she's a psychic. Um, this is really cool. You know, she can tap into these things. And when the session ended, I felt at that time, well, I can describe it as I felt really healthy. Um, but essentially, I was grounded for the first time ever. I went outside and the grass was really green, the sky was really blue and the birds were singing. I was just so present for the first time, you know, after 26 years. So I looked up what this technique was and essentially uh, I said, I'm going to learn how to do this. So following that, then I learned this technique. I left behind my physiotherapy career, came over a lot of limiting beliefs around status, money, security, um, all these different like things that that come with being a physiotherapist so I set up my own business and continued to follow my heart which led me to Portugal. Biofield tuning I use a tuning fork and a hockey puck to make a sound and essentially I locate areas around your body and um, that were times of stress turbulence trauma resistance so it's very different to, let's say, Reiki or sound healing or Theta healing, because it's very specific to your timeline and to your age. So I'm able to relay back to you at approximately what age and finding uh, a time of resistance in your field. For example, age 15, your dog dies. Uh, the tuning fork is going to hang out there and there's going to be a sense of resistance or it's going to change in sound or tone or I'll get some sort of uh, intuitive let's say download we hang out there for a couple of strikes until the energy is released and we send this energy back into your body so we're not sending a trauma back into your body we're sending the light and the energy that you left behind at this age of 15 we're sending that energy ball back into your body so you get the light back that you left behind and you didn't even know. So when all of this light particles, these biophotons, this energy comes back into your body, you feel lighter, you feel more present, you feel grounded. So the next time you're faced with a sadness, you don't have a knee-jerk response to how you reacted to sadness in the past at age 15. You're present in the person you are today. So it's like we had spoke about earlier, we're breaking the cycle, we're breaking the pattern, we're breaking the habits. So what served you in the past, yes, that was there to protect you, but that's not who you are anymore. So you don't forget the memory, but you discharge from how you felt at that time. So it allows you to just become so much more grounded and present and so much more voltage back in your body because we are so disconnected from the earth where we get so much of our electrical juice from the surface of the earth from the sun from the sky so when you have all of this flowing and i know you you do a lot of work with the uh, the energy system and the chakras so we bring this flow of energy back into the main uh, seven chakras in the body so you are balancing your your yin and your yang and you're not all um scaffolded or stifled out in the fields around you you're in this person that that you are today so essentially, that's what, what biofuel tuning is. It's very specific to age, types of trauma. Uh, it's like the, the human body is like a filing cabinet. Uh, and in within biofuel tuning now, I know different modalities 
uh, have different teachings, but for me, I find specific emotions in specific areas. For example, every time you've experienced a sadness, a grief or a loss, and that's unexpressed, we're going to find this around the left shoulder, around the left side of the heart. And I know for a lot of uh, women, especially Irish women, I find so much tension around the right shoulder, which is all to do with saying yes, when really you mean no, uh, not having clear boundaries, giving and not receiving. So when this energy is uh, unexpressed, it's when it gets stored in, in the filing cabinet, let's say around uh, the right shoulder or the left shoulder. And until you bring that back up to the surface, it's going to stay circulating. And then uh, a lot of women, Irish women, you know, they have shoulder pain. They have um, tendinopathies and tendinitis uh, in, the, in their shoulders. And it's all of this reoccurring energy just spinning and spinning that they're not expressing. So, yeah, uh, I treat a lot of emotional constipation allowing it to come back up to the surface to be released so you can, <clears throat> excuse me, make space to, to move forward with your life. And once you get all of this, you know, this clearing out of your body, out of your subconscious, it opens you up so much more for expansion and abundance to, to flow in. Um, so yeah, that's a bit about biofield tuning and it works the same way at a distance as it does in person. We're working with the energy body. I'm not working with the physical body. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I took this file from the filing cabinet, I put it around the table in front of me, I work with you and then I send it back to you, which you, you've experienced before, Kirsty. It was absolutely amazing. Um, even Stewie said to me a few hours later, which he didn't know anything about, like what it was I was going to or anything. Um, and he said to me a few hours later, whatever it was that you did the, this morning, Kirsty, he said it must have worked because you look like you're absolutely glowing. Um, and he didn't know anything about it, you know, and I felt like I was glowing as well. Like I really felt like so just revitalized and, and fresh and grounded and connected, you know. Um, and I also as well remember having like really strong visions as well um like while while getting the biofield tuning and um, so it's like straight afterwards I kind of did a bit of journaling around that and stuff but like I was shocked at how like very very clear it was you know like mm. it was it wasn't like sometimes you're like oh I wonder what this means or like I wonder <laughs> what this is about like it, it was just so clear and so strong to me you know so I think that maybe it, 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 it was kind of releasing any energy that was keeping me blocked from that that answer or that message previously and that's kind of the the feeling that I got and I just felt so great afterwards it was really really amazing like I felt like I was kind of walking on air for the rest of the day um, yeah. so I would you know definitely definitely recommend and it was a group one that I, I was have been say in, that, yeah. yeah, and that but, was a group session. But yeah. everything that you you said, like in the group session, it was as if you were speaking directly to me, you know, because it was so spot on and so specific to what I needed in that moment. It was really amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very powerful, and it's like I use a tuning fork and I put a needle on your album and it broadcasts back to me you know, what, what you need to hear and what, what was happening at that time. Um, and like I said, then we hang out there until it's released. And, you know, as Kirsty had shared, that was a group session. 
Um, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are on the group, whoever's on the group, they will receive the healing that they need uh, exactly in that time and that space. And um, yeah, so, you know, you can imagine the, the potency and the power of uh, an individual biofuel tuning session where we work specifically uh, one-on-one. So, yeah. So where can everybody who's listening connect with you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is Instagram. And that's biofield, B-I-O-F-I-E-L-D, with Neve. So that's uh, the biofield is the scientific word for the aura or the energy field. So the best place to find me is Instagram. Uh, I also have uh, Facebook, Biofield with Neve, uh, YouTube, and my website. So that's biofieldwithneve.com. So if you type that in, Biofield with Neve, you'll find whatever social media is, is going to come up. Yeah, whatever links are there. Amazing. And I'll pop the links as well underneath the video. So thank you so much. That was really, really amazing. And it was so nice to, um, yeah, just to get to chat about all of that stuff and mm-hmm. to, um, I'm sure that everybody who's listening, like there's so much in that conversation that mm-hmm. we'll need to, to be reminded, reminded of and to hear right now. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kirsty. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If anyone has any questions, please just reach out to myself uh, or Kirsty. If anyone feels triggered by anything that we spoke about, again, please, please uh, reach out. And I know uh, a lot of women, Kirsty, have been asking me, uh, we're going to be doing any more full moon uh, rituals and ceremonies. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, let's see what, what we will uh, create in the next uh, few months. And all the best with your big move to Thank Spain. Thank you so and much. You'll be there by the middle of May. And then I'll be it back in Ireland. We'll do it <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Thank you so much, Neve. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.